Rick, about two weeks ago, you said that you wanted to get an Irish Mexican Jew on our show. And I did. Jonathan Stoddard. He's been in about a thousand movies. He's a musician. He's a chef. And we talked to him. The Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm Steve Baskerville. On Back to You, do you think somebody giving a party should make stipulations? No, but I've got a good tip for you. Okay, alligator arms. I don't know what any of this means. (laughs) I guess I'll have to listen to find out. On the next Back to You. (laughs) Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. Okay, Dave, we have a uh, a very uh, fancy schmancy Hollywood type on the show with us today. Uh, despite being a mere youngster, 37, he's got a bazillion acting credits to its name. He put the young in Young and the Restless as young John Abbott. He played Luis in The Wanderer, and currently you can see him in movie theaters as William in The Voices. Please welcome Jonathan Stoddard. How are you doing, John? I'm doing fantastic, and quite honestly, I'm going to bring you everywhere. (laughs) If you you can say that with that voice. Oh, oh, please. Oh, please, don't start with him. This is is why we do it on audio, because if if you saw how we looked compared to your chiseled movie star good looks, you know. Yeah, we, it would be very bad for us. <laughs> anyway, before we get into your latest project, because uh, this yes. there, there's a lot of cool stuff that you're doing. Um, just reading yeah. your background, you grew up in a family where one of your parents was a psychologist and the other was a psychiatrist, which, uh, well, that must have been a good time, huh? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that is, yeah, typically... There's always a weird, um, even even in high school, all throughout college. There's a weird, very pregnant moment after someone finds out that I have a psychiatrist and a psychologist as, <laughs> as parents. It's either and they and they follow it up with, so you're either really messed up or you really have it together. Yeah, like right. there's no in between. Yeah. So which is it? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm, I'm really messed up. I don't think the, I don't think any of us really have it together. Okay, uh, that's that is the correct answer. Did you <laughs> did you ever have friends like I, I? I'm envisioning a young Jonathan bringing a buddy home in like sixth grade, and you know, he'll say, you know, I really like you, Jonathan, but your mom keeps asking me about my dreams, and it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. I'm not going to your house anymore to play Pokemon. She really need to know how I feel about the spaghetti. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just a fucking juice box. Okay, thank you. <laughs> well. <laughs> All right. So, truth be told, my my parents didn't do that. Fortunately, oh, that's um, yeah. They reserved it for the bedroom with each other, which is why they separated. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. How do you feel? How do you feel? It's my turn to talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. This session is over. <laughs> you know we. So they. They did make it a promising 25 years, though, and I have three older siblings, and it, you know, it really was a fun dynamic. But, but yeah, we uh, we went through it. We went through it for sure. You know, um, you also have a really 
very interesting heritage. You, you're definitely the first Mexican Irishman we've ever had on the show. And in fact, you may be the only <laughs> Mexican Irishman on earth. I'm not really sure. Uh, but I understand, you know, I understand that that has definitely your ancestry has had a profound impact on you. In fact, you're collecting yeah. stories. You're writing a book. You know, we are for real. We are book publishers. So you, you come to us oh, when this is done. Yeah, that's right. um, but yeah, tell us, wow, a, yeah. tell us a little bit about this and yeah, the effect that you, you know, this has had and what you're doing with this. Cause I really think this is, this is very cool. That's um, yeah. The, so, so my, the, the Mexican side, my mom's side, we, we are descendants of the, uh, Benicio Carranza, which was the president of Mexico in the, uh, like he ended around uh, 1920 because he was assassinated, unfortunately. So most people don't know him, but they know Zapata, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how Zapata um, stepped into power. But the way that he secured his position um, is that he went around and he then killed all of the other Carranzas because he didn't want anyone coming back or, you know, doing a taken moment and finding him and doing all this stuff. So there were, my relative Maria ended up making a pact with Woodrow Wilson at the time, um, sought sanctuary and came across the board. There were some little details, of course, this is, you know, speeding up the timeline, but came over. Yeah. Uh, came over with my abuelita, um, and her name was Blanca. So we called her Wito growing up and then had my mom. Uh, my mom was born in El Paso, Texas. And back then it was not cool to be anything other than American. Right. As opposed so, to now where yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And now it's, it's almost, it works against you. If you're American. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, wait, you're only Caucasian? <laughs> right. <laughs> that, where's that box on my form here? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, uh, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's had a, a huge impact, not only with us growing up, because my mom, my, my mom didn't grow up speaking the language because there was such a push to be Americanized. Yeah. But the traditions, Day of the Dead, a lot of the culture, the, um, the stories of... Um, Carranza and, and our family and, and the strength, you know, in our blood and the royalty and everything that went into us being leaders and good people and everything throughout our history so that we have to continue it moving forward for our legacy. It was it was a huge impact. And so uh, my mom is now at this point pulling everything together, like you mentioned, um, going through all the documents. The last time I saw her, she was pulling up love letters that Carranza was writing his wife when he would go off to battle and things like that. And we have pictures and all this stuff. Um, wow, that we is... still have the, it's totally wild. We still have the deeds to the land, all the president's land over. Like it's, it's, it's wild. That's uh, cool. So who knows after this podcast, I might get assassinated yeah. because yeah. no one wants us to right. take over the land. But... Well, all publicity is good publicity. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So exactly. uh, <laughs> you sell a lot more books that way. Yeah. Let me just yeah. tell you that. Yeah. Wait until give us the free press files and we'll get this going. <laughs> make sure. Then uh, get assassinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I noticed that before you got into acting, you, you also graduated from the uh, esteemed culinary Institute, Le Cordon Bleu. Yeah. And yeah. worked at the uh, Harry's Bar in Venice, which is a world famous place. Yeah. Why did you? Well, make you guys that did switch? your research. Oh well, yeah. You know. You know how it is. <laughs> why did Why did you make that switch to acting? What was? I mean, because yeah, there are entire shows now that are based on you know Top Chef and 
all these yeah. these great chefs. It, it's now cool to be a chef. It's like yeah. a celebrity thing. And a Mexican chef. And a Mexican Oh, my Irish God. Chef. I didn't even you think got, of that. You got the triumvirate there. Well, well. so here's the challenge. I don't fit into Mexico. Like, no Mexican looks at me and is like, oh, hermano. Yeah, up? that's true. Like, nobody does that. That's true. They're, <laughs> I'm like, it's weird because my, my mom is Mexican. My, my dad is Irish Jewish. So growing up, Irish Jewish, well, you're like, a, you are, Oh yeah. <laughs> what in the world? I'm a bizarre unicorn. People, my friends used to be like, they would introduce me. Hey, this is Jonathan. He's my blue eyed Mexican Jew friend. <laughs> right. With, with a shrink as a mother and a psychiatrist as a father. Wow. It's amazing that you're still alive. <laughs> I defied adversity. Yeah. I'm still here here but yet don't fit in anywhere. it's great <laughs> but but what, um, why was it that you switched from acting uh, or to acting yeah so um this goes back actually uh, to connect to your first question about my parents being psychiatrists and stuff the the safest place that i felt was on stage mm. so at home everything was very calm feelings were very managed more or less we would talk about things um, but as a kid, you don't really care about managing your feelings. You know, it's, it's outbursts, it's struggle. Mm -hmm. It's still trying to figure out how to speak, let alone express yourself and understand humanity and feelings. So the theater and musical theater, dramatic theater, I was just so heavily involved in that. That's where I found freedom. That's where I found myself. That's where I felt comfortable. It was, it was such a thriving environment for me. So I followed a little bit more of a traditional route. So I, I went to school actually for, uh, physics i was a physics major drama minor but then um dropped out of college and went to culinary school the um the cordon bleu because to me that was still it was still physics it was gastronomy it was it was fire it was knives it was cooking like you know i was like oh yeah, I'm gonna be and drama like, yeah drama all yeah, of it yeah. and what yeah and um but i i will say that path which was amazing and I feel like everybody, two things we should teach in our school systems are finances and, and nutrition and cooking. Yeah. Um, but that path took me to Harry's bar and I was there. And um, by the time I got there and Arrigo Cipriani had offered me a very interesting opportunity to stay with the company for a while and come over to the West coast and open up their Vegas locations, their California locations, things like that. And I, um, I don't know. At, at that point on the journey, I realized that being a chef, like a, a real chef, it legitimately means you don't cook anymore. You manage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose that's true. So everyone else on the line cooks. Yeah. But now it goes into management where you're like you're a celebrity to the people at the tables. Otherwise, you go back inside and you sit inside a small cubicle and you place calls to vendors for the next day. And yeah. maybe maybe if you're lucky you get the creativity of once a week for a special that's a great and point i i was like that you know i'm, I'm tangible i'm hands-on learning like i want to be involved and so when when i was thinking about it i was like what would i do for free what you know that classic question sure. you have millions of dollars what would you do for free and it was act and uh that's where i felt free and i would do it for free and i had always done it for free on the stage so i was like well i don't know how to do it can't be as hard as you know what i've already done um, 
being on stage and little did I know I was, I was so heavily misguided. It's the hardest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, you're lucky that you didn't know, right? Cause you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have tried probably. I mean, in all seriousness, that, that was the same way when I broke into radio. I, at that time, you know, 35 years ago, it was really difficult to get into the business. I just yeah. had no idea. So I just did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rick still lives in yeah. his mom's basement. Right. But everything you know, is great. That, uh, uh, did you did you have a moment, though, where you were also like, you're like, what would I, you know, what do I enjoy doing? Oh, this should be easy because I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For a good 25 that, of the 35 years. And then the last time it sucks. Uh, uh, you know, uh, as if being an actor and a chef isn't enough, Mr. Hoity Toity Pants here, you're you're also a recording artist. And I lo- and looking at your bio, B.B. King, and we're from Chicago. We're yeah. broadcasting from Chicago here. You know, I've probably nice, seen. Yeah. I've seen B.B. King two dozen times yeah, probably, you know too. he lived in my basement for a half a year you what know? no, no, no he didn't. Didn't. I'm I'm like, no don't believe a word he's shut said. up bb i'm trying to sleep uh turn down lucille would you uh but um talk to us about your music too you know i mean you're you're, you're this is awesome talk, talk to us about this uh okay so i i kid um, like whenever I, I also love teaching and stuff. And, and part of the reason that I think like I love teaching and everything is because I've had to start over so many times. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest ways in which I had to start over was I grew up, I grew up on the piano. I, um, I, I remember crying, crying hysteric. Like I hated it playing for Elise for like recitals and stuff like that Beethoven and then and then around 13 um my parents were like okay you can pick your own instrument you're old enough so I switched over to the guitar with influences like BB King Eric Clapton Stevie Ray Vaughan um and the Eagles I mean come on Hotel California I can't Mm. like that that was my oh that was my guiding light my compass because my brother uh, who's older than me introduced me to late seventies, eighties music. And I was, I, I fell in love so hard. Um, but going into music when I was in culinary school, I would do culinary school. So I dropped out of college, do culinary school and I would go to class and I would come back and I got my hands on the Berkeley school of music. Um, basically their textbook. And I would teach myself music theory and, just so I, I was kind of doing a dual study of cooking and music at the same time. And I did that for a little bit. And then uh, at the end of culinary school, um, I was doing an event for the Hyatt and I happened to slip with the knife during, uh, during a big event and cut my left index finger across the knuckle. Oh, um, oh yeah, dude, it's a, it's a cool scar now. And obviously it's fine. But at the time, like, Wow. Um, and so I, I had to give up my passion of music and I, I had, I, I had been, I still have some of the first songs that I wrote on paper because nobody had cell phones back then. And, um, it's, it was such a passion of mine. And then later I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, grip with my left hand. So there went, like, I couldn't play the piano. I couldn't play guitar. It was like, well, that passion is gone. I'm not supposed to do it. And then later, Oh, sorry. Uh, and then later in life, uh, I eventually I started being able to play again. And so it the, just took a long time to heal. 
Well, just to be able to like have the strength to close my hand, because otherwise I would I could make a fist, but my index finger was always pointing somewhere. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. Well, I just didn't. Kind of important for yeah. the guitar. Yeah, important for the guitar. I mean, even important for piano, like anything um, where it requires finger dexterity. And then, um, but the coolest thing is that I've just continued it as a passionate release where. Every now and then I write. I've done some acting gigs where I, I had to play, and it, it was just a side thing. But the quarantine – okay, can I – I know this is a long time on this question, but yeah. can I tell you guys a quick story? Sure. Yeah, we, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the wonderful thing is we've got – We've got all day. We, yeah, yeah, we've got – No, that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, feel You're free. Like, Here, here's a podcast six hours long. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Right. That's fine. No worries. <laughs> So here's the coolest thing. I do an audition. Um, I, I, cause I do photography and stuff as well. You know, anything to survive the multi hyphenates in today's world as an artist. Yeah. And I set up my friend's garage as a, um, self tape studio for auditions. So I'm doing it there. I come inside and her roommate had a friend that was in from London. She's a musician, went to Belmont, all this kind of stuff. Like very, she used to turn uh, tour with journey, everything. Mm -hmm. And she was sitting on the couch and they go, oh, John plays some music. Like Taylor does a lot of music. And I was like, oh, well, you know, like, let's play something. And I'm always whatever down to make a fool of myself. So and she plays and she's insanely good. And I play and I'm mediocre at best. But for whatever reason, she liked it enough that she goes, you know what? I love your style of guitar. I can come up with words all day long. I just have trouble doing words and writing guitar because guitar isn't my thing. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I can come up with licks all day long. Like I, I trained at Berkeley school of music in my basement. Like I can, <laughs> I can do licks all day long, but I can't do the words and vocals aren't necessarily my strength, but, and she goes, well, so this is a great combination. We should stay in touch. We're like, yeah, I got each other's information. Didn't talk to each other a year and a half later. I'm shooting another movie in Seattle and this was last year. So in January of 2020 and she, she calls me out of the blue. I'm in Seattle, I'm filming and she's like, Hey, I have an opportunity to open for Carrie Underwood and Luke Bryan on the main stage for their New Jersey sold out Whoa. tour. Wow. And she's like, I don't know what it is, but I, I just remember really loving um, like the, our musical chemistry. I love how you play. There's something about it. Like two people can play the same notes, but it feels different. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, it, out of the blue, completely serendipitous. And, and I was like, well, I am not, I would love to, but with all due respect to your career, I am not that person. Like I, yeah. I'm in, yes, but, and she goes, no, 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 John, I know a ton of technical players, but they don't have heart but I can, I can, I just remember it. So when you get back from filming in February, let's, let's sit down, let's see if I'm right about this. And we got together and over quarantine, which everything shut down, right. became a forced writing retreat. And uh, we ended up doing likes over, we wrote at this point to date, we've written over 80 songs. Holy shit. Um, we still, we're now traveling back and forth from, um, not Oklahoma, but I'm actually getting ready to fly out to Oklahoma next, uh, on Saturday for another movie. So that's on my head, but we, um, we play for, we go Nashville gigs. Um, we're recording with phenomenal, phenomenal people like Demi's writers, 
um, Rob Klein, like just like phenomenal producers, phenomenal songwriters. We're coming out with our album. We're starting to sync things with HBO and it's, yeah, it's just been an insane ride that came out of nowhere. Well, you know, she was looking for, it has nothing to do with your talent. It was that she needed a Mexican Irish Jew. Right. (laughs) Is really what she was looking for. She's like, diversity is coming back. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which body? And you're the only one available. (laughs) (laughs) I've cornered that market. (laughs) Well done. Well, that's, that is awesome. Congratulations. That is good. That is great. And at at the end of the interview in three and a half hours, we'll, uh, we'll uh, give you an opportunity to plug anything that you want um what um so i again i've been this has been this whole morning was all you i was looking at interviews and reading articles um jeff goldblum was tell me the jeff goldblum story was that your first introduction to acting or yeah tell me tell me about that isn't there there's something there right well so i left when i left italy i i was like you know, homeward bound. I'm, I found my true calling. I'm moving to LA and I don't care what I'm like. I will sleep on the concrete. Unfortunately, it was my friend's couch. And as I was walking the streets, somebody was like, Hey, do you want to be an actor? And I was like, oh, <laughs> do I? <laughs> that's, that's why I'm here. Oh my, he can see. I must be glo- like, <laughs> You know, this is clandestine, the alchemist. This is amazing. And little did I know that they brought me into, um, they brought me to this, this group that was like, cool. We focus on background and extra work, pay us $1,500 and we'll start sending. And I was like, at the time that sounded totally normal. Now I know that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but (laughs) But, I, so how I does Jeff Goldblum figure yeah, out of right. that? You, you wrote the check to Jeff Goldblum, well, didn't you? Because he's the he was the boss of that, or no, 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 no. So I started doing extra work and then worked my way up from extra work to stand-in work. Got into SAG and I was doing stand-in on a show, and Jeff Goldblum was he was there. And normally the stand-ins don't get to um, like we don't typically get to interact with the main actors you're supposed to do the scene and like loosely block it uh so that when the main actors come in they can like they know what to do the camera's already set lighting's already set etc but i got in and when i stepped into the scene they were like jeff do you want to run run lines and and he was like yeah and so we did it once and then they were like okay you can go back to your trailer and stuff and he was like actually you know what i'm gonna I'm, I'm going to stay here with Jonathan. Um, let's, let's just keep doing the scene. Let's keep running it. Wow. That's cool. And it, it was, I, I had never experienced anything like that. We ran it a bunch and, and he just said some really wonderful and endearing things. And it's, it's one of the memories that still keeps me going today is having, you know, whatever that, that was 20 minutes or 30 minutes of just working with Jeff and a scene with the director, everyone looking at us. And this is back before I had done anything. Wow. Wow, that's cool. And that's I know, a very cool moment. I've looked at uh, your list of roles that you've played here, and I see you played, you know, musicians, cops, psychopaths. Um, but I, I'm intrigued by a couple of uh, your roles here on the list. In 2012, you played Studley Male Escort. <laughs> and just recently, you played Republican Man in the upcoming Fallen Leaf. Um, but... It, Seriously, 
is there a favorite type of character that you like to play? Because you really, I've, I, you have. I'm just joking around here, but you have done all yeah. sorts of different kinds of roles. Yeah, there's. Um, I'll say this, and this is just kind of a fun little plug. So since January, I've I'm getting ready. Um, actually, in so I've since January, I've booked eleven movies. Holy shit! Wow. And by the end of June, I will have finished filming 10 of them. And the reason why I say that is not about boasting at all, because I'm, I'm, I very, very humble beginnings. Um, well, you're doing our everything. show. Right, exactly. <laughs> you're stupid to our show. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you guys are incredible. What are you talking about? Uh, but, I, but I say that because the, every single role is – very very different and i love that uh, i yeah. i absolutely love going in like you can see in some people um like some actors and no no knock on them or anything but you can see that they are like it's you know the same person just in a different movie and i don't know maybe i will fall into that but from serial killers to to sociopaths to the douchebag asshole to the romantic lead to the New Jersey guy, to a New York mobster, like whatever it is. Wow, cool. I, I, I think it's part of growing up on the stage where I love the physicality. And, and then with my parents as psychiatrists, I love the mentality of becoming something and somebody different. Mm. Have, so you, it's, have you ever played uh, a studly male Republican escort? <laughs> is there such a thing? <laughs> is that, well, I was going to say. Who's I Mexican, like... Irish, and Jewish? Go. Lights on. I have a serious question for you that's going to sound unserious, but I'm actually, I've always wondered about this, right? So yeah, I've been yeah. looking at your pictures here. Uh, you're, a, you know, chiseled good looks, uh, a very good looking man. And you have this, you have that like three day growth beard thing just mastered. And and I have tried to do that for years and years, and I've never been yeah. able to do it. How do you get the perfect three day growth? How does that? How do you do it? What's the secret? You got people? Um, no, no, I no. So <laughs> you, there is. A, this is just between us. You can tell yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is top secret because yeah, otherwise, all the guys are gonna. Yeah. All yeah. The, the Mexican Jews are gonna. I'm, steal. I'm, I'm going for the next Dudley <laughs> male the, escort. Who was the the Mexican? No, he was a Puerto Rican Jew in uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Epstein was a Puerto oh, Rican yeah. Jew, yeah. not a Mexican yeah. Jew. That, but it, right. you know, you still have that Latin that Latin flair. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. true. So, um, but yeah, the the three day growth. Yeah. You so there's this thing uh, which I'd have to. Well, maybe I'll, since we're not on video, I can go look it up. But so there's specifically, because it took me a very long time. I used to plan my auditions two to three days in advance so that I could, sh I could shave and then show up with that kind of like manicure I thing. But then when you're, I knew it. I knew it. No, no, but this is, this is where it's totally screwed. When you get on set and every single day you need a three day growth, you're fucked. Oh, right. That's true. Right. <laughs> There's no way. So I found this one thing because every time I'm on set, it's like, okay, how do I hack this? And I, I always ask the makeup artists. I always ask everyone, um, what are the tips and tricks? What can I do? What do you use? How do I not like cut myself? If I do, how do I heal quickly? How do I cover it up? All that kind of stuff. Because in today's world, especially as an actor, we have to do it. Yeah. So anyway, so there's the con air for men. 
which is this trimmer thing, and it literally hold lets on, hold on, wait, wait, writing it down, writing it down. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Uh-huh. This is a paid sponsorship. <laughs> for <laughs> Brought to you by. <laughs> We're hashtagging this. But, There's no doubt. Oh, okay. Yeah, hopefully they'll they'll send over some money, um, or just bleep it out and say, you know what, if you guys want to be on our podcast, cough <laughs> yeah, right, right. up the money. Yeah. Um, but dude, that thing will let you cut down to the millimeter measurement. Uh, wow and, so you can set it so you can set it literally to 0. 0.4 millimeters or 0. 0.3 millimeters and it's different than a click-on uh, blade like i have the peanut and i have a bunch of the wall stuff yeah, and yeah, it yeah. just doesn't do it like this does uh, this whole well, interview is worth it just for that that is like the greatest information I've ever gotten. Uh, I have been wondering about that for 30 years. You're like, how do they do it? <laughs> well, obviously, you were you wondered about it, too, because uh, oh, yeah, you had to figure out how to do it. Well, that's that's awesome. So tell us about the voices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, reason, the, 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 reason the whole you're reason you're here. What, uh, t- tell us about this movie or any upcoming projects. That, you know, t- uh, tell us everything. Yeah. Uh, so the voices is such a cool project. It is not your typical horror movie. Um, even though I, it was categorized as that, but it kind of has this European horror, uh, feel because it has more of the drama and the family and everything else that goes into it. Um, and it's more of like suspense thriller with some gore elements, but it's definitely not like Friday the 13th. It's not Michael. It's not slasher. It's not, you know, that kind of serial killers type thing, but it's just a really cool story. And I will say um, the version that was released is not going to be the final, final version uh, there. He's working on a director's cut right now because um, just like for radio and syndication, he had to uh, cut it down to be able to meet a certain criteria for the competing world of indie films right. um, going into a major release. So he had to chop a lot out. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you like a fun little thing with this is that fortunately I, I was going through a hard time before I got cast in this and I was not looking my best. And uh, fortunately, were you having the five day growth instead of the three day growth? (laughs) I was, (laughs) come on, man, (laughs) shape up. (laughs) I had like long hair. I was, you know, I was going through stuff. We go through stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, But you know, I was, I was, yeah. I I I actually don't want to say that. Okay, (laughs) so the but they he cast this specifically off of my voice oh really because for him for sith he didn't even look at the auditions until they were like okay jonathan's our guy now let's start looking for the girl and then he looked at my he finally looked at my auditions so i did something like 15 auditions where every time he would just listen to the voice of the scene because he's like from his point of view he's like he goes well the the lead female she's blind so how he looks wouldn't matter so i i want to find someone who still has either that texture compassion that heart you know whatever it is in their voice i want it to be appealing to somebody who's blind okay that's cool Um, which was a really interesting thing and thank goodness because if you saw my initial audition versus how i showed up on set it's very very different like i in you know for the audition, I was the elephant man, and for said, you know, I was, I was, I was decent. Yeah. <laughs> there is more to come with our guest on Minutia Men's celebrity interview right after this. 
We'll be right back. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we talk about some really useless upgrades that you won't want to make on your car. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for this story and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Rick Kempfer. And I'm Dave Stern. We host the podcast called Minutia Men, where we talk about stories like... No German words? What's wrong with you, Texas? The man with the world's longest name. World's stupidest Spider-Man. Prince Harry's new job. And my brush with Carol King. Listen to Minutia Men now on Amazon Music Podcast, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. We are back with more Minutia Men celebrity interview. All right, it, it's time to plug. Uh, how can people follow you? Where where can they? First of all, where is the voice is going to be out in movie theaters? Well, it already is, is, is isn't it? Right? It's out right yeah, now. It's, yeah, it's out right it's, now. It's out right now. It's in theaters. Um, it's also video, all digital streaming platforms, okay. everything. So uh, Apple, um, I think it's Apple, Amazon. Uh, I mean, there's a huge list, actually, just because the world today is so different yeah. when it comes to releases. Right. Okay, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's out there. It's called The Voices. Uh, the Voices. What about people that want to follow you? Where, where's the best place to do that? Uh, Instagram is probably the best, other than your podcast. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. So, so are you uh, just your name on Instagram? Yeah, my Instagram is John Stoddard Official. Okay. Um, and don't fall to the, for the fake accounts. Yeah, exactly. And if you're nice, uh, if you're if, tell them or for the listeners, if you're nice, I'll point you towards my OnlyFans. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm Just kidding. Or maybe that. Now. <laughs> hey, we gotta work it. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Bella Thorne, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, this has been fun. This has been awesome. This Th- really thanks, uh, thanks for taking some time yeah. out of your busy schedule, uh, hopping on with us, and and best of luck to you and all these movies coming out. I guess we're going to be seeing you all over the place. Um, and send us yeah. your send us because we're serious about when you're doing the book. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, it, you know, we don't, as far as not publishing it, but if you need any help at any kind of recommendations right. or any kind of We're based advice. out of Chicago. We're a yeah. Chicago-based publisher, but uh, yeah, I check mean, us out. And we're, but we could uh, certainly point you in whatever direction and help yeah. you with your we pre-press files or whatever. So we'd be happy to. So. No, that, that'd be amazing. Yeah, as of right now, my mom is just going through and organizing all of the stuff yeah. and um, putting together kind of like a, a timeline and she's been collecting everything over the years um and then yes a hundred percent uh thank you for that yeah and if you ever find yourself in chicago you know, yeah we'll man. take you to a blues bar we'll talk to you or we'll take you to uh I love chicago buddy guys yeah it, right we'll take you to buddy yeah. guys place and uh yeah Ooh, keep in touch we'll, we'll be well, ha- we'll be happy to. i will s- yeah, I would. I would love to. I will say one of the movies um, that'll be shooting in November is going to be in Chicago. Holy oh, crap! Great. Beautiful, fantastic. So well, I'll be out that. there, and yeah, are you guys off of Lakeshore? Uh, I don't live that far. I live in the city. Rick lives in Mount Prospect. I live out in the uh, suburbs, but I live in the city. I live about three miles west of Wrigley Field, basically. Um, oh, nice. Okay. But yeah, but I mean, I can get downtown in ten minutes or fifteen yep. minutes, right? Um, mm. I mean, if you want, you can plug your address right here. I'll write it down, but so will everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and my credit card number is 3211. Right. So, so, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll give you all our uh, uh, our emails and stuff uh, uh, when we get off the air. Uh, but. Hey, man, this has really yeah. been great. And uh, 
I can't wait to see you as Republican man in uh, Fallen Leaf coming out soon. Uh, and but no, be well, man, and uh, let's keep in touch. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Hey, Thank no you, guys. See, see you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. I say bye. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OpiShows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O p p i h shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla, Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, it's Tommy. And I'm Sam. And Kimmy. And Friends is back, and I've got even more assumptions that are even less accurate. He thinks that we don't know what pomegranates are. And some titillating news about the month of May. You heard it here. Titillating. May. Pomegranates. Assumptions. And Friends. Listen to And Friends on Spotify. OpieShows.com. Or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Rick Kempfer. I'm Adam Howitt. And we're the co-hosts of Free Kicks, a show about international and particularly English Premier League soccer. On an all-new Free Kicks. We talk about the dramatic final weekend of the Premier League season. Plus my favorite feature, guess the Premier League star. Listen to Free Kicks on Amazon Music Podcast, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And because it's football, try doing it without using your hands. Yeah!